movie already come out? Yeah, it came out 2011. It's been out for a while, actually. That's a while. Yeah. Very different. What the hell is that? I don't know. Oh, it's goo. Stick to the... I like this goo. I wish they'd sell it, though. But they don't they sell do. it. They do? They do sell that goo. Where? At art craft stores. I haven't seen it. All I see is wood cutting glue, and I hate wood cutting glue. Well, that's not glue. That's the thing. It's sticky. It's like a... Kind of like a tape stick. That's what they call it. Isn't it just a pen that you just... That's it? No, it's like on a special freaking sheet of like wax paper that they roll up and you unroll it. And you take what you need to stick to, you stick it on the back, and you plop it on, and that's it. That's cool. I like it. I'm going to keep looking at this thing because it's weird. It's new. i got to change that picture, though. I should have changed it even though my face is all fucked up. See, what I don't get is why are they changing everything for driving? They like, always change. They... Plates? No, since... since I'm going to go to our place change. Back to the original ones because I knew, know that these are the ones from like... Ghostbusters the, age. The 70s. The they, 70s? They no, this, from my first car to now, the license, the plates have changed three times in the last ten years. Because you've had to get different cars. A total different cars. <laughs> yes. But, so I'm recording it. So what? Yeah, I know you're recording it. I noticed. Anyway, but this is just filler for now. I mean, we could use this as a cold opener to throw this in the beginning. I don't know, though. That's kind of boring. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know if um, they really like the topic of uh, licenses and license plates changing constantly. Yeah. Well, what about the other opener idea? No, that? we that's our warning, but I mean, we've never okay. done it. Let's try this. Let's leave this in as a, as a cold warning opener. This is this is kind of like a tester. It's a pre-opening. It's a pre-opening. It was just for the hell of it. All right. <laughs> anyway, so you guys who are listening beforehand, remember... Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, reoccurring obscenely gruesome and horrifying deaths, the assassin group Rutruti, needy gold-digging wives, spiked implements of destruction, smiling homicidal toll collectors, the dukedom of Hasburg, and a spiked club-wielding cute psychopathic angel with a short temper. And Episode 176. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spark and Mong Reviews, some podcasts and eventic reviews by Connectly Ants Narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, buongiorno, and what's up? And I am Lethal. Hey guys, what's up? Yes, she's back again. See, I didn't lie. <laughs> anyway, yes, we're back again. Uh, remember, you could listen to all of our hysterics and rants at www.sparkin.com where we have our game review, our manga review, our movie review, and our con review where we're talking about New York Comic Con 2013 and we have more stuff we're posting. And also, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and we're on iTunes where you can download our stuff. Leave us some comments. But if you really want to be nice to us, and I mean help us buy more equipment, you can go to Amazon.com forward slash shops forward slash Spirekin and buy some of the stuff we reviewed. So that way, we can buy things. Hooray for things! 
and pay for seriously we need new stuff guys yeah so go to the website buy stuff I know I haven't updated the inventory but we've got lots of stuff to put away and anything we don't sell ends up at one of our very special we're selling this right uh, I don't know yet. I think we may be keeping that t for one of our... Which I was bringing up, if we don't sell anything, it's going to end up as a prize at the Insane Manga Challenge, which we may be doing at Katsukon or Anime Next. But don't get your hose up, because we're not going to take the whole entire stock of Amazon off the list. Some of it's still going to be there. Yes, like the, the Neil Gaiman comic, which hasn't sold since day one. I've been trying to sell it. I'm really just about to be like... We'll, we'll talk about all of this later, though. Yes, this is this is shop talk, which you didn't really hear about. But, anyway, uh, you can email us at sparkin at gmail.com or me at zansparkin.com. Lethal at spiritandmonger.com. Uh, yeah, perfect. You're perfect. Like that. Yes, and remember, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Sparkin. Um, we're setting up yours at Lethal Sparkin. Definitely, definitely. Or, as soon as I feel like setting up another... Yet another account. Or you could just use your regular, or you could give your real one. I don't have a Twitter. Well, you have a... I have a dinky Twitter that I don't use. Like the last You have an I Xbox have... account? Yeah, I do have an Xbox account. I don't know. Yeah, no. And I know, guys, I haven't been on Xbox Live in a while, but there's a very, really important reason why. Instead of playing Xbox, I was too busy playing a terrible, terrible game. I'm playing Simpsons Tapped Out on my phone. Oh, God. You, can you just go get an Xbox? Like, it's now? a fun game, though. Seriously, it's fun because you have all the Simpsons characters and you have all the voices. So, I mean, your disco stew is too old for this, but it's too late. <laughs> or you hear Grandpa talking about, I remember back when you used to wear a turnip on your belt. And they're like, this is awesome. Does he want pancakes with bananas on top? Oh. Mm. Maybe? Yes, he does. Oh, it made me want to watch Simpsons. I'm watching old Simpsons episodes. Oh. Like, Bart the General. Yes. Yes. And do you know Bart finally got a girl that he's in love with and that he doesn't stay with her? Really? Yeah, it shows him in the future, like 20 years later, and she gets she becomes single, and he's like, hey, I miss you. Huh. Funniest See, thing is the voice of who the voices of her. Who? Oh, my God, you have to tell me. Who? Zoe Deschanel. And worse is, guess who her father is? I got a license now, so that means I don't got to sit down at the drive-in. No! She's articulate, though. And she's okay. intelligent. Okay. Not like her father and her uh, large brood of siblings. Yes, yes. A Splunker. No, that's her last name, it's Splunker. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bart's, Bart's in love with his Splunker. See, the thing is, though, like, I don't know if you've seen the photo, but I have. It's like a timing or whatever. It's like photos. The Homer of, one? The, not the Homer Simpson one, like, of the family going uh, oh, down. Oh, yeah. Where it's, like, them now in the TV series and, like, then, ten yeah. years later where everybody's in college. Or well, that, oh, that's from, no, I know the one you're talking about. That's the one that's, the, that's actually the Christmas episode they did. Really? There's a Christmas episode where it shows in the future and it's the girl he, he marries and then it's, uh... He's divorced and living in the school, and his landlord is Principal Skinner. No, he went back to his parents in the photos, but okay. No, he goes back to the parents because it's a family. He lives alone, yeah. and his, his okay. ex-wife has the kids. And meanwhile, guess who Lisa married? Oh, my God, that nerdy kid. I can't remember his Millhouse. name. Millhouse. Millhouse, there we go. It's a good episode. I was, like I said, I burned through all of them. I was watching a lot of episodes. And I was watching the Treehouse of Terror this year. It was good. The fat in the hat was funny. Yes. See, I still miss, miss that one episode of um, The Simpsons where they kind of make... It's like a Halloween episode where they make um, everybody witch hunters and the wife is a witch. Oh, the one, the, the first Halloween? Yes, the first Halloween. It's like, I wish we, we got this instead of eating all those kids. Yeah. And that's why we have the first Halloween to keep away the witches. Yar. <laughs> oh, Captain McAllister. Almost as cool as Jeff Albertson. Yes. Who no one knows who I'm talking about. Uh, last episode I saw on the TV on syndication was the one where Bart um, finds out that if you put a tie on Millhouse and pull it up a little bit, he sounds like Kurt. Huh. And then he pushes like, "What's if we go to the extreme? Oh yeah, I think this is too deep. Oh my god. 
So yeah, apparently, I just found this out that Bill House is also voiced by Kurt and Duffman. I think this is long enough for rants and raves. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not here to listen to us talk about The Simpsons and what else have we talked about? Oh god, that's how long this was. I don't even remember. Talk about Simpsons and other stuff. Other stuff. Let's just say other stuff because... You're here to listen to us talk about manga. And that's what we're here for because we are a manga podcast. Also, movie podcast, but and video game podcast, and 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 you know other stuff. And a con podcast, and a book podcast. But this is our manga podcast, so this is what you're here to listen to. So we both spun in the last episode the wheel of manga to dictate us by reviewing different mangas, very different. But surprisingly, they have a very interesting common element. And what is that common element? I'm going to go ahead and say death. Death and gruesomeness and blood. But yes. the way that they're implemented are completely different. Because, on the one hand, one is used for comedy. The other one... Is kind of used to be like, hey, here's a bunch of characters. No, those characters aren't allowed anymore. Ha, ha, ha. Unless ha, you're ha, Ed ha. and you find sick humor in it. That, no, I did. I actually found that a little funny at some point. So I was like, <laughs> that person's... Oh, now they're in front of the gate. Okay. But then other times you're like, no, no, I like you. <laughs> yeah, no. I know. I was like, hey, the first character. I guess they're the main character. A couple pages later... Never mind, they're not the main characters. And it's not like in um, Yu Yu Hakusho or Excel Saga where yep. the character dies in two minutes and they come back. Well, no. yours isn't anyway. God, you should have seen me sitting in the corner in the press room. I was just reading the first book and I'm just like, no! And then Ray's is sitting next to me reading his book and he's like, what the heck? Wasn't that person alive two seconds ago? And I was like, ah, ah. yeah, yeah, no, they're dead now. Yes. So, to lighten the mood beforehand, to make it easier, so like, you know when you're going to chop off the head beforehand, you give them a last meal? We're going to do that with this one, so we're going to review mine first. Now, mine is interesting because it's based off of a light novel written by Masaki Okayo and illustrated by Torishimo, 11 volumes, 2003-2007. And this is the manga adaptation, which came out 2004-2006. There's three volumes, written by Mitsumi Sakusa and Mitsuno Oshi. And there's an anime series. There are two, actually, and a video game and a bunch of other stuff. But the anime, the interesting thing, is that they're released in sets. So you get episode one and two together, episode three and four together, and there's only eight episodes of the whole series. So you can watch the entire series conceivably in an hour. Oh. They're like 12 minute episodes. It's, well, you only need a certain amount. And the genre is, it is a comedy. WTF series. Is it Senin? Possibly. Is it Shoujo? Possibly. Is it Moe? Potentially. But here's the thing about it. The manga is the same joke over and over again. But it's interesting. But before I reveal the manga, I'm going to show the anime opening to Lethal and see what her initial response is. So... who he is right now, but one last thing before we even go any further, just to add it. Uh, leave this will work. (gasps) 
my god. You're so sorry! You're sorry! You that? What? Are you be- What? So, after watching that, what is your initial response about this? Wow! What? Okay, so, for those of you who haven't guessed it yet, this is, uh, Bokusatsu Tenshi Dokuru-chan, or Bludgeoning Angel Dokuru-chan, Club Beat You to Death Dokuru-chan. This series I found about originally because I was from a contest we had set up for who is the most violent female protagonist ever! And Dokuru-chan was voted as number one because she's completely, utterly fucking insane! So what is Dokuru-chan about? Now, okay, this is going to sound, it's pretty much the premise is this. You have a kid named Sakura Kusakabe, and he's a 13-year-old kid, goes to school, life is good, and one day this girl shows up with angel wings and a halo, and she brutally murders him, then brings him back to life. And she just moves in, and and she just tells people straight up, it's like, you can't tell people that you're an angel, they'll get in trouble. It's like, okay, hi, I'm an angel, I live with, with Sakura Chad, and he's my best friend, and people just buy it. The fact she has a halo over her head and wings, and they're just like, okay. And then the people who doesn't buy it, she does horrible things to, like, she goes to school with him, the class president's like, uh, there's nowhere to sit, really. So, she takes her magical mallet, Excalibog, points it at him and turns him into a monkey. That's homicidal and goes crazy. And you're probably wondering, wait, 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 so what's it about? The whole premise is that Dokuru Chad is sent to the, from the future to the past to kill Sakura-kun, except she's in love with him, so she is there to make sure that he doesn't do what he has to do, which is, in the future, in 20 years from now, when he's 32, he's going to create a method which will turn all women to stop aging at the age of 12. They'll be mortal forever, but they'll all be little girls. The reason why is apparently he wants to make a pedophile's dream. Yeah, so, I can see that. Supposedly. We don't know the exact details, but he says, that's not true, I'm not a pedophile, everything's a pedophile, because he's in love with this girl named um, uh, Shizuki Minakami, who's this girl in his class that he's in love with, so how the hell do you go from point A to point B? We don't know, but Dokuru-chan was there to kill him, and she's fallen in love with him. So she's going to make sure he's okay. The only problem is that she's got a short temper, and her answer to everything that goes wrong is, kill him! He says something that makes her mad. She beats his brains out. She gets pissed off. She, she decapitates him. She sneezes on her. No, okay, no, that wasn't a decapitation. That was a half decapitation. Like, his mouth was still there. No, he, she decapitates him at one point. She cuts him in half. She bashes him. She throws him off of a building. She throws him into the, the pile of a moving truck. And that is the joke of the series. It's how the hell can they kill Sakura-kun next? In front of wait a minute. So she does all these things. What happens next? Well, after she brutally murders him and realizes what she's done, she just says, and he's back to normal. And the funniest part of it all is that he remembers. Oh. Is that like reset to last point? No, it's he remembers. So imagine, you get hit by a car, then you're all better. You get run over, you get better. You get stabbed, you get better. It's depressing. I wouldn't know. Ugh, that's, that's mean. Jesus, what if she does something totally and completely terrible? Like, I'm talking, like, the worst of the worst. All better. She does mess up things to him. And it's literally for the stupidest things, like, oh, he won't join her club. Her club, by the way, is a wood glue drying, dry watching club. He won't join, so she strangles him. Ties him up onto a post and lets him die until he joins. Then, that is the running joke of the thing, and she literally just for the little things. Oh, she won't play her her little board game she made up. Dead. He won't let her go to class. Dead. He doesn't cook. Eat her cooking. Dead. Doesn't matter. And she's assisted by this guy named Zanzo, who looks like a. A mohawked biker with beady eyes, and he's kind of a pedophile, and he's just creepy, and he ends every word with Zenzu. 
You also have, before I forget, there's one other character we have to talk about, and that is Sabato. Sabato is another angel from the organization that uh, Dokru-chan is from, called Ruri, and she was sent because Dokru-chan went off the mark. She's failing in her her mission. Her mission is to kill this kid, and she's fallen in love with him. She's gone native. So Sakabato's there to help him. And Sakabato is a little girl with big boobs and ram horns and the halo and the... We go. Anyway, so she's there, and she's got moves, and her weapon is called the Durandal. It's a shock baton that she says could sh- shock blue whales in the blink of an eye. And she's there to kill Sakurakun. And at this point, you also discover something else. If you remove an angel's halo, besides the fact that it's razor sharp and will cut your hands completely, almost completely off, you remove it from an angel's, they get insane diarrhea. What? Yeah, they get all ugly and deformed, and they get severe bad diarrhea until it gets put on, and then they get their they look normal and not shriveled. It's a running joke because Sakurakun pulls off like, "I'll stop you now!" Oh God, it burns my hands. Interesting. Oh, and before I forget, Sabato, because she's back in the past, she has no money. She lives in a cardboard box. Oh, what's depressing? She's trying to kill the main character. So. I'd at least give her a cardboard box in a room. Like, I'd put her in the closet. To keep her warm. Hey, uh, Dokuru lives, lives at the besiegement of the Kasukabes, who, they just accept her. Because she's there. She's like, okay, you live here, and you're good. Actually, no. The reason why, she says that she is the illegitimate daughter of the father. And they buy it. That's My mom isn't pissed at it. She's just like, okay. But that's because it's Dokuru Chan. She just has the same amount of lives. Like she tells people, "I'm an angel from heaven." Okay. You're an angel from heaven. That, that's about it. That's yeah. They're like, okay, that's that's it. And I mean, what else can I say? The art style is perplexing and weird. It's just a lot of just Dokuru Chan there, her and Chibi form killing Sakura-kun, and then with Excalibog, a lot of gore when actually she kills him, like, she cuts his head off, and you see the inside of his brain and his his chest and blood's everywhere, like, I'm talking besides Romero-type blood, I'm talking blood like, like, imagine a fountain of blood and gore! And, but then, says it, all clean! Well, no, in that last scene, actually, the blood was still kind of on the wall, but he was okay. Mm, true, but for the most part, it just absorbs back in and all rewinds back. But he remembers. Huh. And it's just really, what the fuck? I mean, what else could you say about this? I mean, it hasn't been released here, and I could see why it hasn't been released here. I mean... Yeah, yeah. And the fact that there's a PS3 game, why? Who, who, who are... Can you choose which character you want to be? The one it, that dies all the time, or apparently it's a light novel. It's a visual novel. Oh, okay. It's who you, who does who does Sakura Kun get the fuck and who kills him? Surprisingly, the anime, both of it, has been released in the United States, and the dub is cheaper than the sub. But the sub came out first. The manga ain't coming out, but the anime is. And the anime, like I said, is literally thirty minutes. You can watch the entire series <laughs> and just watch her decapitate him. Resurrect him. The captain can make it. Or, here, I want you to eat this weird, disgusting thing. Why? Because I made it. It's alive. I, I don't want to eat it. You sure about that sakura Okay, I'll eat it. Ugh, I'm going to be sick and I'm with the girl I like. Oh, no. And it gets even more weird because the fact is you have her little sister, who I haven't brought up yet. Her little sister, who is nine, and she looks like she's 23. What? How? She's tall and voluptuous and wears an eye patch and her weapon is a wet cloth. Okay. I don't get it either. This is like Moe to the nth degree and it's joking on Moe. It's just... From what I've said, does this sound at all appealing to you or bizarre? Does this sound like a horrible creation that some sicko made? This kind of sounds like something that you'd watch as like... You, you kind of watch it when you're, you're really annoyed at something. Like, you're just so pissed off, you just want to laugh at somebody dying constantly. Well, this is a, well, it's a manga, so read. I'm sorry, read. 
if you really want to see something and like read it and then laugh at somebody dying, and then they come back and you want to see them die again, hey, it's kind of like you know one of those. I'm so surprised at the fact that they got nine light novels out of this. Nine books with this premise. It's just, we're going to kill this guy, bring him back, and do it again. So, on the one hand, this is a guilty pleasure, because this is so bizarre and fucked up that I just can't help but laugh at it. It's like watching a car accident where you don't want to look away, even though you, well, you do want to look away, but you can't. So it's weird, and what the fuck. On the other hand, this is a terrible, terrible, terrible series that has no plot whatsoever. The characters are bizarre, and honestly, I don't fucking know what to say about to defend or repel this. It's honestly, to be realist, I'll give this the, the review it deserves, not what I personally feel, because I'd probably give it like a little bit higher just because of the sickness, because I know Daryl Surratt loves his, Mike Tool finds it hysterical, Ed, I think, finds it hysterical. Uh, of course Ed finds it hysterical. But realistically, because there's, the plot is useless, the character design is simplistic, and it's just it's a big pedophile murder joke, I'm going to have to give this your typical reading material at your local correction facility or mental institution, because those are the only people who realistically could find this interesting. Because this is a sociopath's wet dream. It's, let's see people get killed and how to do it. And then see them come back. And then kill them again. And see them come back. I... I I mean, I'd give it something a little bit higher. Maybe you get your crazy art Muriel. But, good God, it's... I don't even know what to say. It's just... Like I said, if you want to see somebody die multiple times, this is, this is something you'd want to read. And like I said, unfortunately, has, I don't think anyone would pick it up. I mean, even Ed would be like, I gotta be crazy to release this. Even though he did release uh, Velveteen and Mandela. He could pick it up. Yen Press probably better because they do cutesy manga. No? I don't know. Because some of the stuff that they showed off at Comic-Con wasn't really... Okay, no, maybe that one that was pretty bad. That one, not, uh, not bad in, like, a terrible reason. Like, bad ethically, like, switching of the bodies. And, like, yeah, and the, but the thing is also there's a lot of sex humor in it. Like, it's 13-year-olds and it's kind of... It's borderline on pedophilia. Well, what do you say? The joke is it's, he makes a pedophile world. Well, yeah, but, I mean, Yen, yeah, actually, you know what? Yen Press might be able to pick this up. Yen Press, but I don't think they will, because there's too many things to that whole law with it. It's, oh, it's pedophilia, it's pedophilia, even though it's joking about the fact that, you know, pedophiles are to die horrible deaths. Well, yeah, but, I mean, one of the books that they showcase that are coming out soon is, um... A sister and brother switching bodies, and the sister having fun with the body. Because, apparently, that's what she wants to do. That That is what I got. Wait, she bang woman? think so. Of course. Um, yeah. So, funny? Yes. Disturbing as all fuck? Totally. If you want to find it, get your Jolly Rogers ready and good open waters. That's all I'm going to say about this series. I can't really think of much else. So, should we go a little darker, more disgusting? I don't know. Mm, let's take a break and we'll figure it out. Yeah, you just break a drink break or something, I don't know. <laughs> Masabu Nishiro is like the idea man. He's like, you know, what if there was a future where everybody was a cyborg in some way? And people are like, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. And then he's like, and they're lesbians and they have sex <laughs> with each other while removing each other's arms. That's it, get out! And also horses. Anthropomorphic horses, and everybody gets their breasts milked. <laughs> and then someone buys the rights to his idea, and makes a, tases him, and makes a good anime. They put him in a potato sack and throw him off a ship, <laughs> but he just keeps coming back. His lesbian robot save him. Fast karate for the gentleman. Because no. the speed of your karate is the only thing that can save you. And we're back. Yes, that was so relaxing and so good. So good, relaxing. I had a Coke. You with your Coke and your Mountain Dew. Speaking of which, I do deny Mountain Dew as the ultimate gamer drink. Hey, hey, hey. No, they've got really good flavors. Like that one flavor that's like a robust regular. I swear to God, I drank one can and I was like, 
cooked for two, 12 hours just jumping around the house. What color was that? It was like a dark green. I don't remember. Oh, the Max. The, the, the Max. Uh, the, what is it? Uh, Mountain Dew Max. Probably. The I blue remember. one is gross. Yeah, I don't really like And so was the white one. The white one is gross also. Yeah. No, I like, my favorite one is like the orangish red one. It kind of tastes like a peach ring to me. I don't know why. It just tastes like peach ring to me. Oh. I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I hate the fact that the white one is the Slurpee in the Slurpee machine. There's a white one in the Slurpee machine? What? Uh-huh. The Slurpee machine flavor is the white one. It's I'm not... sorry, bud, but where I come from, there's a Slurpee machine with the regular and then the orangish red one. So, ha. Quick Check has the orange. I thought that was the white one it has. Nope. They got rid of it, apparently. Yay! Because I remember I was like, oh, I'm just going to get this orange Mountain Dew. It'll probably, oh my god, it's got in my mouth. Welcome back, King King Fuel. Welcome back. Oh, speaking of which, that was for another day. We should do an episode just while we have a huge bunch of Slurpees. Yes. Oh my god, we should. If we invite Ray's over, he'll just be complaining every two seconds that he has brain freeze. So what? Brain freeze. But the thing is, how how would we be able to, to keep it cool for that long? Um, Wait till December. And open your window. Oh god. <laughs> That's going to be really bad. <laughs> Drinking Slurpees in the middle of winter. Yeah, you're going to want to like have a, like an emergency heater in here just in case. <laughs> Crying. Or you could just do, take the mobile unit record inside of the quick check. We could probably do that. We could probably do that. We recorded the uh, the Riddick episode like that. It's a lot of background noise though. Anywho, speaking of Michael Fassbender... Let's get to that part, and that's our second review of the podcast, yes. And if you remember, you spun on the Wheel of Manga something. Yes, I did, actually. Okay, it was created by Koji Mitsuhisa, the assistant of Kentaro Mora, maker of Berserk. Yay, Berserk! Lots of violence and blood and gore! Continuing. (laughs) And Koya Mori, creator of Emma. Boo! Made stories suck, especially 1800 made stories. Guess I'll be reviewing that one, folks. I'll be reviewing that one. Hey, if I spin on the wheel, I could bitch about the entire thing and how I don't want to hear the etiquettes about a romance of, of Pride and Prejudice level whatever. Okay. So, um, folks, it was published by Enterbrain in the Fellows Magazine in Japan, but it was brought to us in America by the one, the only, once again, thank you, Ed, Vertical Inc., and it originally came out in 2009 and has 19 volumes. But, for time's sake, we only have two volumes because that's all they had at Comic-Con. So, that's what I'm doing for today. Deal with it. Yes, and you have the legitimate copies here, as in you can see. Yes, and because... it's Yes, we're not doing scanlations, and they're... Ah. Um, interesting designs, I think. A little... See, that one, I don't even know why that one's there, because that never happens... Or at least... It probably know. happens later on. Yeah, it probably happens later on. But we don't see that part happening. Or at least for the most part. I mean, we see one part where he's like, oh, you were this and this, and now she's there, not breathing, doing stuff over there. But we're not going to spoil it. I like the fact that it's much. in... I think this is German. On the cover. Yeah, look at that. It's in German. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was like, what? It's in German, and also the side covers has everyone's favorite character! Hooray! <laughs> so much. Uh, and he's the fucking protagonist of the story. He's the protagonist! Wow! Is hmm. he the protagonist? Yes, actually, technically he is. What the fuck am I talking about? Medic! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about Okami no Kuchi, or Wolf's Moon. Uh, I prefer Wolfsman, but whatever. Hey, However hey, you want to say it. It's a translation. I mean, it's basically, that's another, uh, what is it called? A translation? Because Wolfsman stands for something else. The uh, jaw of a wolf, or the mouth of a wolf. Yes, or the wolf's maw. And there you go. What, uh, so, what is Wolfsman about? I mean, is it about a, a werewolf that walks around with a really, really big mouth and he's got tooth problems? You wish. No. Uh, technically, what I got from it was, it was just, well, it wasn't just, it was pretty bad. It was a rebellion created by Duke uh, Leopold, which is the leader of this rebellion, against the Hasenberg Empire, a.k.a. Austria. And it kind of seems to be hopeless since each and every little chapter that we have is just essentially showing you how each little member of this rebellion 
dies, aside from one character. So let's start off with some of the characters that we have in this book. We have Sir George and Miss Laise, or Lisa, however you want to pronounce it. They are the first two characters that you technically see that get a little development in the first chapter. Um, Sir George is the knight, and Miss Laise is the daughter of the rebel leader. And she's being sought after, she's being hunted technically, because she's the rebel leader's daughter. What else are you going to do with a family member? You're going to try and kill them. And the knight is trying to protect her because they go through and say how Sir George doesn't really love her in a, like, a loving way, but more of like a brotherly way. Brother to sister relationship, and he kind of makes her do so many things she doesn't want to. What do you mean, like? They first catch up on the road, and um, he makes her bend down and cut her hair off. Cuts almost all of it off, so she looks kind of like a girlish 13-year-old boy at this point. She doesn't go that far. He makes her walk up a mountain and uh, puts horse crap in her face. Make her look like a peasant. Yeah, technically to do that, but it was more like a knight's servant. Almost. Oh, so make her make her look like his page, who's an underclassman. Yes. And then that way they could sneak past anybody and be like, oh, this is just my page, he's, he's mm-hmm. a feminine, whatever. They have to get through the gate called Wolfsminder. It's been nicknamed Wolfsmind because of the uh, gatekeeper there. And his name is Wolf Wren. How ironic. So they have to get through that, and he is very, very, very skilled at what he does. There's a reason why he's here. This is, like, the main spot to get through from one country to another country, to get word out, to start getting stuff through, even to, you know, just trade stuff. He goes through your passports to check who you are, and if he sees that you were not who you were supposed to be, or you were doing something for the rebels, he killed you. So they go through thinking that they have a really skillful type disguise for her, and, well, she ends up giving herself up when the knight has to go through a fight with the other guard. She squeals about the knight, and then the knight says, how dare you? You are kind of girlish. Why did you do that? You, like, he kicks her in the stomach to try and show that this is really a servant. This isn't the rebel's daughter here. Kind of ignore me as I'm kicking this important person in the stomach to try and make you think they're not important. So anyway, it kind of ends up both of them get killed, and they are laid out in front of the gate, because that's how he wants people to see this gate. He wants people to go in with fear, and he just wants to catch every single person. It's kind of like a warning saying, hey, if you're with the Rebellion, I'm going to kill you if you go through here. Is it just people in the Rebellion, or is it anybody who's an instigator? Well, yeah, it's, it's not even people with an instigator. It's people um, that go through with a little too much or a little too little. Like, if they say they're just selling something, and they want to go to the other side to sell something, like, let's say they're selling cabbages. And they're not selling just cabbages, they're selling cabbages and potatoes. I don't know why, but apparently that's not good and he'll kill them. Well, that's what I kind of got from it, because the family that he hung was wrongful. It was a whole family he hung, the wife and the kids and the husband, for trying to sell something they weren't supposed to be selling. But whatever... So he's the greatest toll collector of all time. Sure, why not? Aside from the fact that, you know, he kills almost every person that goes through. Again, he's the greatest tall guy ever. Oh I, I mean, hey, imagine that. Every time someone goes, you gotta go to, go to the... Excuse me, what are you doing here? What is your purpose here? Off with his head! Are you going to the... Are you, or are you here to go somewhere else? Moving on to the next chapter, we have Johan, or, uh, Johanna and Klaus. Johanna is um, kind of like a bodyguard to this ringman, or at least I'm calling him the ringman, because that's all he really was in this story, a ringman. Um, they're just, she's technically a bodyguard for him because they're both rebellions, obviously. Why would a chapter in this book be about somebody else that isn't a rebellion? Or in the rebel. Rebellion. Who's rebel? Yada, yada, yada. So they're going through, and the ringman is attacked. So the first thing you see is a female's butt coming down. And you're like, what's going on here? Then she kind of, like, plows him into the ground backwards and kind of runs off and kills everybody, which I found pretty interesting. That's pretty badass. Doing a uh, stop onto the guy, breaking his neck, and then going into doing jujitsu, kill all these other guys. Yep. So, technically, they're going through, and Klaus has to have, has a mission, and he needs to deliver this special ring 
It has a certain zeal for the rebels. She has to, you know, they said, we have to find somebody to deliver this. I entrust it to you, Johanna, because you're the most skilled person here. And she's denying it. She says, no, I have to stay here and protect you. And the guy kind of says, you're the only person that can do this. We need you to do this. So she's going along and she finds this really nice disguise. It's kind of like an old lady-ish disguise. She literally walks to the gate looking like an old lady. The innkeeper that is there, who I just call Big Boobs, they're apparently friends. And she didn't even recognize her. And they've been friends for a long time, apparently. So they're talking and she warns her not to do it because a lot of people have been dying recently. And the intervals of time that are within the story aren't a couple days, they're a couple of months. They go through and he, she has a fake, legitimate type of passport or pass or whatever, and he kind of lies and says, hey, if you don't have a pinpoint at a certain part of this, you're not true. She kind of runs off, kills a couple people, and then she does this little trick when she's captured, but in the end she ends up dying. But that's not where the chapter ends. There was this unnamed person that kind of slept with the innkeeper, because that's what innkeepers with big boobs did, I guess, who has the ring, who has made it past the gate, which helped it out. So. No, it does, and he's getting it to Italy, which is the other, one of the other countries involved in this. Because Wolfspoon the, is in Germany, and it's in between Germany and Austria, and that's the whole one. That makes sense, Wolfsbrand being, you know, a nice German. Yes, very, very nice German, you know, little gate type thing. But anyway. I think that the, from my recollection, is the next one the kids? The kid and the dad? That's, yes, it is. That's, that's, that, that, that's, that, that's that, everybody's favorite. That's just fucked up. Yes, that is pretty fucked up. So technically the background for the father and the son is uh, somebody dared the father to shoot an apple off of the son's head from 80 paces or so, which is pretty far. Not paces, it was 80 something. It was a pretty far distance, though, and he did it. So he's a really good marksman. So they have to go through, and they decide not to go through the gate. They go through the goat pass. They end up going through, and apparently, somehow, Wolfsmund has another secondary watchtower in the mountains. So guess what happens? They both die, quote-unquote. Don't be so sure about that. If you keep reading, I'm not going to tell you guys, but he technically gets up, goes away, dies. Yeah, no. <laughs> and this leads into the rest of the story, which is just, according to Ed, it's a retelling of the William Tell story, yes. adding a rebellion and other things. And it's a very in-depth and intriguing story taking place in the 13th and 14th century. And it's a seven series. It is. It's because you... Honestly, think a kid who reads uh, Dragon Ball Z and uh, Naruto is really going to like this? No. No. I mean, they'll love the murder and the blood. Uh, yeah, sure, why not? But there's a lot of politics. Yeah, there is a lot of politics in these stories. And there's a lot of dialogue. Yes, there is a lot of dialogue. But then again, it's not that, they're not that long. Like, you'd expect other books, you'd expect it to be a little bit more longer, but they split it up with the right parts, so. So how was the art style? I did like the art style. The art style was, um, it didn't really make them look like an anime character or a manga character. You'd think they, they looked like a kind of normal, kind of human, sort of. So a little bit more advanced than your average manga. Sure, why not? I mean, compared to, say, Moo. No, that is actually called M.W. Sorry. Just M.W. Pronounced, English. it's pronounced Moo, though. M.W. For American. American. Yes, I just said that. American. American. <laughs> American soccer. For um, English, it's technically NW. Okay, compared to Dokuru-chan. Dokuru-chan. I don't know, I kind of like this art style more since it was more detailed. It was a little bit more detailed than the MW book. And Dokuru-chan compared to that? Well, that's cartoonish and huge yeah, boobs. It, it, I think that I think that um, Dokuru has bigger boobs than than the innkeeper, though. Yeah, no, those boobs are pretty big. But they get all flat when you take off her her halo. Yeah, they do get all flat, and then she gets diarrhea and stuff, which kind of sucks. Oh, no. Okay, and the store, and so the setting is good, and you think that 
it's something you'd want to read further, or is this it, or what? Oh no, I'm definitely going to get the books when they come out. So, <laughs> so you you definitely read this again. Now, you think we should, is this warranting us for the next volume? Maybe a second review to see if it holds up, or probably because I definitely want to expand a bit because I really want to see what Ed gives us. Okay, so for the first first volume of Wolf's Moon, uh, out of our five point rating, what would you give this? <laughs> um, I would give it a really, really fucking cool. It's that good. Yes, it's it's that good. Because yeah. yes. I've read some manga that are just like, eh. mm. is is it uh, better than uh, the last one you read? Skelter, yeah, I know. Yeah, is it better than Arthur Skelter, which is a different demographic altogether, oh, a different subject matter? You're gonna make me do this. Oh God, it's it's different. It's different. It's like. Once for men, once for women. I can't pick, but I did like Helter Skelter a lot. Don't get me wrong, like, I really want to watch the movie, but this one, it kind of, like, brings me in a bit more, because I just, I don't know, I just like the style and the time period that it's in. Okay. Now, here's a big question. Wolfsrem or Doku Chan? Who has a bigger body count? Shit. I don't know. Wolfsman, like, he, he, Wolf, he, he kills everybody. Like, let's just say he kills everybody. Nobody goes through that gate anymore. He's just gonna kill them all. But her... Can but, we say that she's killing them? She does kill them. But then she brings them back, so they're technically not dead. And then kills them again. And then they come back. But they're not, they're not dead. They're still alive. They're still kind of... Yeah, I know. I don't know. No, that's true. That's true. You have a point. Alright, so here's the other thing. Wolf's Moon versus Delcaro Chan. Oh shit! Oh god! Don't! Damn it! I my money is well. Realistically, if Dokuru didn't have her powers, it's gonna go to Wolf's Moon. But yeah. because of the fact that she's an angel, she can fly, and then she has Excalibog. Yeah, but the thing is, though, like he's got a lot of good archers, like a lot of good archers, like Jesus Christ, a lot of archers, and he's got a lot of knights, a lot of knights, like Jesus Christ, a lot of knights. But she's an immortal. You see how strong she is? He's immortal. Are you kidding me? He's immortal. Oh, we don't know. Maybe he is the devil. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe he is the devil. Maybe he's just waiting for people. Oh, my God. Now I want this book. I want to see what happens. Now, anime or live-action adaptation? Anime. You can't get big boobs like that unless it's anime. Well... Realistically, gravity-defying <laughs> boobs. Gravity-defying Her boobs are so big. I'm sorry. Yes, they are, and um, uh, even not as big and as awesome as the ones from our my Seki Ray rant, but they're pretty nice. Yes, they are. Uh, so I guess we should get to that part we've all been waiting for. That should we, or should we remind them first how they can contact us? Um, hmm. I don't know. I wish they had a coin to flip. Well, you can check out any of our earlier podcasts at www.spyrecon.com, and you can email us at lethal at spyrecon.com. Zan at spyrecon.com. We're on. We have created Twitters. Oh, he had a Twitter. I created. I just created mine. So. So yes, we have Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Xbox Live. Yes, we are on Xbox Live. And if you play against me in Bioshock, I will kill you slowly. Speaking of which, I need to stop learning and start playing games again. <laughs> it's depressing. Oh, I was playing the the Lego Pirates. It's a sad game. Oh, Lego Pirates. Never mind. I have this. I bought this game that I really wanted to play. I was like, I really want to play this game. I really, really want to play this game. It's collecting dust on my freaking uh, bookshelf. What game is it? It's called Port Royal Three. Like I really wanted to play it just because it looks kind of. I heard about that. Cool. I like pirates, leave me alone. But, like, I really want to play it, and I really want to play Bioshock, the uh, DLC, and I want to do all this kind of stuff. I have to finish Assassin's Creed, I have to finish all these games. School. Hey, I know. Wah, wah. We all know what that's like. And I had to, what is it? I almost played PVZ. Two. There's time travel now. Oh my god, no. This is like a complicated game already. Okay, no. I don't even know how they could complicate that game. That Pirate was... zombies. Yeah. I don't know how they could complicate the only thing which sucks is uh, you played the first Plants vs. Zombies, right? Yeah. Remember the little crappy ones? Well, what do you, what the little mid, the little midget zombies. Yeah. Who they're in can they're the cannonballs. Oh. But on the plus side, the doubles you don't have you could buy at the beginning. The double flowers you could buy oh. right at the beginning. Oh, okay. 
So it's a little bit better, but they have all these little missions. Like one is, don't let the zombies step on these flowers. And don't use more than ten at a time, ten plants at a time. Yeah, if I don't have achievements on an achievable place, oh, these are all achievements. I'm not, I'm not getting it. These are all achievements. They're things that are so anal retentive. It's like um, you spend more. You have to you harvest more than ten thousand suns from a flower. In one game, or like in one fight? How is that even possible? Um, you could do it with in the harder levels. And I'm gonna sit there for like. On average, on the hard levels, it takes like a, a half hour to do a mission, unless you draw it out. Yeah. I mean, the last and the last zombie fight against Doctor Zombo in the first game was a forty-minute battle, but that was so fun, though. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. And also you get that awesome music number. Oh my god. Yes. I, I got the M, both MP3s, the original and the Japanese version. That's not. Nice. <laughs> and her father sang that. I was like, really? Your father's the one who sang the Japanese version? That's cool. Oh my gosh. Anyway, we've rambled long and on and we've talked about games in this manga podcast. Oh my god, wait a minute. I have something important to tell. What? I just bought big, like I, I bought something before I came here. Before we did pick, 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 pick. Yes. I just bought, like, the most important thing ever in my life. What? Limited edition Majora's Mask for N64. Nice. I was like, I have to have this. I have to. It's like new. <laughs> anyway. Can you play it? I don't know yet. Has it arrived to my house yet? Well, unfortunately, I have a bunch in my basement which have been destroyed because of the flood. I lost all the... All the Nintendo games. That's depressing. So, Zelda, gone. Zelda, Majora's Mask, gone. Aww. Zelda, Link to the Past, gone. I'm sorry. I'm a sad Zen. But, let's get to that part you've all been waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. Wheel, Wheel of, of Manga! Yes, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. What is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on. What we're going to do is we're going to spin that one that only the Wheel of Manga, whatever number it lands, and that's reviewing in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, or the episode where you will appear next. So spin and see or, or what you're going to review. Alright, number one. So in the next episode that you are on, you get to review a Magical Girl series about a girl and a stuffed lion. Sakura. Fuck. That series is pretty awesome because it's pretty brutal, actually. Oh, okay. That makes you feel a little better then. And also, it's a card game. What? It's a collection. In the the video game is a card collection game. The cards give you different powers, like Pokemon. And it says it's a Clamp series. You know that something horrible is going to happen in it because that's always the case. Clamp looks all pretty nice. Let's fuck everything up. Yep. So let me spin and see what I'm going to be reviewing in the next episode. And if you land on two, I swear to God, I'm going to throw you against the wall. <laughs> Number seven. God, oh. So in the next episode, I'm going to be reviewing a manga about a 15-year-old who gets married to his friend's Usagi-obsessed sister. Ha <laughs> Samurai Usagi. That should be pretty fun. And speaking of which, um, when this comes out, it's next week is going to be... Almost Thanksgiving. Yes. Two more weeks in the Thanksgiving. I cannot wait to stuff my face. Yes, Thanksgiving will be good. So what are your plans? Work. Mm. I, ah. I live at my place of work. I asked my boss if I could rent a booth just to sleep at it. Or in it, at least. Uh, your plans? Um, Plan A. Um, hopefully, I'll be going to Puerto Rico. Hooray, Puerto Rico! And spend it with my family, and if not, Hooray, it's, I get, to, I get to deal with my Hooray! Family! I'd rather go through the wolf's wound with falsified paperwork. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. I'm not holding your body up. I am not holding you up, bro. I will just watch you die and be like, sorry, I told we you not to. We didn't even talk about that. Like, that was just... The, the, oh, that one. That was bad. I didn't like... That one That one made me cry a bit. I was like, what? Yeah, no. I mean, but the thing is, you knew the kid was screwed, but they let the kid live. Yeah, they did let did, the kid did live. Did they do anything to him, or...? Uh, they... Meant... They torturely 
they tortured him. They mentally tortured him by making him hold his father up. Besides that they didn't really beat him or hit him, and it was Wolfram's idea. No, they did actually. I think they hung him. No, they didn't hung him. They burned his feet. Yeah, they burned his feet, so yeah, he's having problems standing, that's right. But Wolfram was really nice to him for some reason. Okay, if you think burning the child's foot... He could have he could have cut his feet off and then had him try holding him up. Don't give the man ideas! Yes. You see what you do? You were giving him ideas. Yes. What if he goes back and does it? Yes, so he has to go, he has to survive, how many centuries is that, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21st, he has to survive seven centuries, come from Germany to the United States, to New York, and hear this podcast, and then go back in time to some weird time dimensional shift to give himself the idea. Not really. Because if you think of it in a quantum theory way, the waves of this podcast could travel into space so much so that when it goes into a time vortex, almost like a wormhole, it could be traveled back in time into an odd prong of which that he might have, and he could hear just the words, cut his feet off, and then make him hold his father up. That could happen! And do you know what we just did? We just destroyed a child's life. Good job! Honestly, the only person I think who could actually hear that is Michio. Because Michio's crazy. Pro- oh my god, Michio. We're going to talk about him later. But oh my god, Michio. Michio's my hero. I just call him Yuki because I'm like, yeah, fucking Yuki. Well, isn't Yuki his female form? No, Yuki is his last name. Oh, that's right. Anyway, that's it for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Catch you next time. I'm Zen. And I'm Lethal. We're Gonsville. Catch you next time. Bye. Achtung.